previously on Modular. Bradley met Dobin Norrith, a fellow bard with a strange accent who Quinn admitted knowing from prison. Our duo bonded on the way to the loggers' camp, and at the camp, something was very clearly wrong. Our heroes' fears were confirmed when they had to fight off three giant ankegs. After defeating these insectoids, Bradley spotted a familiar sign on one of the monsters' necks, connecting them to the mysterious cult of Talos. Thorin George. My name is Luke Job. And this is Modular. The podcast where we take you through the modules written by Wizards of the Coast for 5e of D&D. That's right. These are the pre-written stories made up by the folks who made up Dungeons and Dragons. We didn't write them. We're to run them for you. And Thorin, why on earth would we do that? Well, Luke, maybe you're a DM who's thinking about running a particular campaign and you want to get a feel for how it plays out. Maybe you're a player who's already been in this particular campaign, and you want to reminisce on the good old days. Maybe you're recording a podcast, and you're secretly in your roommate's room because it has the best acoustics in the apartment, and he's not going to know until he actually hears this recording, and you know, you just need some ideas of what you want to record. But you should be warned. Each of our episodes will take on a part of these pre-written adventures. That means there are major spoilers for the key plot points of each story we're running. And today we're running Dragon Vice Spire Peak, so if you don't want that spoiled, don't listen to us anymore. Oh, Luke, there's another warning we should offer them. That's right, Thorin. Modular is not a podcast for children. It contains explicit language as well as adult themes like sex, alcohol, drug use, violence, and littering. So, uh... Oh, fuck. Yeah, keep your kids littering? away. Littering? Yeah, there's littering in here. So without further ado, welcome to Modular. And our session 11 of Dragon of Ice Spire Peak. Bradley, Quinn tells you he's going to take a look around while you go talk to Tybor and let him know that the ankegs are dealt with. Hey, be careful. We both got pretty beat up back there. Oh, Mr. Copper, if, if another one of those things jumps out of the ground, I'm going to sprint back to you. I, I, I swear to that. All right, good. You walk in... You relay the message that the ankegs have been dealt with. Tybor creaks open the door, peeks out, and says, Are you sure? I'm 100% positive. You said there were three? We've killed three. Oh, well, that's quite an, quite impressive. Uh, uh, there, Mr. Courier. Um, oh, oh, did I catch your name? If so, I've forgotten it in my, in my uh, state of fear. 
That's okay. Bradley Copper, at your service. He holds out a hand to shake your hand. As you shake it, you feel he's trembling. Um, you and your brother are quite similar, aren't you? Um, I'm nothing like my brother. He's, he's fat and sassy, and I'm, I'm tiny and sweet. And this guy is just about as big as his brother. He tells you, Mr. Copper, um, I saw, uh, some sketchy characters around the loggers' camp about a week ago, perhaps, and, um, they all seem to be dressed in robes, uh, almost like... What kind of robes? Uh, I, I mean, they were all black, but they, they each kind of wore weird nautical jewelry. They, they had, you know, shells and different things, and one of them even told me a vague warning that if we didn't leave, there would be trouble, but we've been here for almost a year now, so, I mean, I don't know what these people are coming around here for, and, um... Did you see any distinct markings on their robes or anything like that? No, no, not at all, but you know who you could talk to is um, a, a very kind uh, man came by, and he, he said that he could help negotiate with them and, and get rid of them. Um, he was a half-orc man, handsome, large, uh, very built. He, he said his name was uh, maybe Lairbule Finaster. That was his name. Yes. He, he came by and he said that he represented a, a mercenaries guild and that he could take care of them free of charge. So, of course, I took him up on that and I hadn't seen them since, but perhaps it was the work of those strange robe figures that brought those monsters here. I'm I'm sorry, can you repeat that name again, please? Um, yes, his name was Lairbule Finaster, or maybe it was Fairbule Linaster, I, I don't know. Um, Lairbule Finaster, you're, sh you're certain of this? Mm, yes, 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 he spoke to me, uh, thick jaw, uh, kind of a northern accent, um, he, he was... What mercenary group did he represent? Oh, oh, goodness, I, I can't remember, something about the cold or the ice or something. Okay. Um, you look like you've seen a ghost. Sorry, we had we had a very tough battle with those onkegs. Yes, you are bleeding everywhere. Um, perhaps, perhaps you you. Oh yes, I look down and there's just blood gushing out of me right now. Uh, it, it's, um, I'm gonna say it's it's late in the day. You probably don't want to take off now. He offers to let you stay here in this cabin, and he kind of he says he can make some pallets for you for you and Quinn to sleep. I would absolutely love that. 100%, and I know Quinn would as well. It takes him a little bit. He, he's pretty slow. It takes him a little bit to set up a, a place for you to sleep. Quinn walks back in, and he says, Mr. Copper, um, I, I think to, the camp is clear. I, I did find this for you. It's it's a book, and he kind of looks at it, and he says, it's called uh, Never Winter Nights, the, the Tales of the Wailing Death, but uh, look at this, and he, he passes it to you, and under the cover... Uh, or, or under the title, rather, on the cover, every word has a few symbols that are raised bumps along the cover. And when you open it, you realize that this book reads in Braille. And he says, um, Mr. Copper, I, I, this is what you're talking about, right? For your blind friend? Yes, this is exactly what I was talking about. Well, Where did you find it? Uh, I just found it in one of the dead guy's tents. Did you have any blind workers? Tybor? Uh, Tybor says, um, blind, uh, probably, maybe, not sure, don't really, uh, care to, to uh, mingle with the workers too much. Um, one of them bumped into a lot of things, so maybe, um, I, I don't know. 
That sounds very dangerous to have a blind logs logger, don't you think? Uh, Tybor has left the room. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Quinn kind of looks down at the ground. Were we sleeping here tonight? Yes. Well, prob- I'm probably for the best. I'm kind of just staring off into the distance. Um, he's going to make an insight check on you. Um, all right, sounds good, Mr. Copper. And he, uh, puts his head on the pillow, and he falls asleep instantly. Uh, in the morning, Tybor has signed off on your records, uh, saying that you did deliver the supplies. He tells you he has no intention of leaving, that he'll recruit some more loggers from Neverwinter, and he'll just keep the business going. Um, how'd you sleep last night, Bradley? I'm gonna be honest, I didn't sleep the best. I... Lay awake for several hours thinking about my past and about how it seems it's come to haunt my future. But I rested well enough. Quinn looks at you and says, You look like you're in tip-top shape, Mr. Copper. I'm glad I'm glad you're back on your feet. I mean, those, those damn things just about snapped us both in half. But, I mean, you know, we're good. Let's get out of here. We, we got the job done. Let's go get that Yes, that yes, let's gold. go. Uh, yes, I'm so excited. Let's go turn this in. Um... Tybor, what are some things your brother likes? Uh, Tybor says, hmm, well, um, he loves chocolate. Um, he loves croissants. He loves uh, bagels. He loves fresh hot bread. He likes uh, bear claws, you know, the, the pastries. He likes cupcakes. He likes cake cakes. He likes brownies. He likes uh, milkshakes, ice cream, um, butter. By chance, do you have any chocolate on you? He pats himself and he says one second and he runs into his office and he gets a little truffle uh, wrapped up in, in some nice paper and he passes it to you and he says t- t- tell my brother if you're going to give that to him of course t- tell him uh, I-, I said uh, I-, I hope he's well and I, I hope that that uh, those hemorrhoids are, are, wor- are you know better uh, I hope those hemorrhoids are better just tell him I, I think yes. I hope his ass is not as pain- in pain as it-, as it was absolutely okay Goodbye, and he, he waves. Good goodbye. He, goodbye. He that waves was... you two off. You go back to Vincent. Uh, the cart is now empty. Vincent's moving with a little more pep in his step. You take off. There's about three inches of snow on the ground. Um, snow. When you don't think when I shoved. Ty. Harbin. I for Tarbin. I, I don't. I was gonna say Tywin. Harbin. Harbin Wester. Harbin. You don't think when I shoved Harbin against the wall, it ruptured as one of his hemorrhoids, right? Uh, I don't know how hemorrhoids work, Mr. Copper. I've got an ass made of glass. Uh, just kidding. I've got an ass made of steel. Um, and he even stands up in the cart, flexes his buns, and he says, go ahead, you can you can touch one. That's very solid. <laughs> uh, he says, right on. Yes, absolutely it is. Uh... No, I'm sure. I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure his hemorrhoids are fine. Okay, remind me to stop by if there's a baker in town. Remind me to stop by there, and I'll get him some croissants or a cake or something. Oh, all right. I mean, why, wild ask history all of a sudden? You don't seem to type. I just feel I I feel bad for how I reacted to him the other day. He didn't deserve it. I was in a bad mood because of that bastard, fucking farmer guy, and yeah. Right, right. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, let's go. Just want to make it up to him. Want to get back on his good graces. I mean, he does. He does pay you, so you know. He does pay me exactly. The two of you go as far as Vincent will take you. You take another break. 
out, out in the woods, sort of towards the edge of the woods. Go back to sleep, and uh, yeah, in the morning when you wake, about four inches of snow on the ground. We're really going to have to do something about this dragon, Quinn. Oh. This is a lot of snow that's piling up. And you're sure it's from the dragon? I mean, it is. Uh, it's pretty early in the season for all this snow. I mean, it's it's still the tail end of summer. Hmm, right. Yeah. yeah, I mean... Okay, well, yeah, maybe it is a dragon. I don't know. Uh, I guess I guess we'll have to wait and see, you know, kind of find out. I mean, I'm pretty positive it's a dragon. I mean, who else could control the weather like that? Hmm, I don't know. I'm not a weatherman. Yes, I suppose. Let's go. Onward. The two of you make it into town about around dinner time, uh, strolling back into Fandolin. Not only is it... I'm definitely... I'm going to the pastry shop, or the closest equivalent. Okay. As you're riding into town, though, not only about four inches of snow on the ground here in Fandolin, there's a there's a mist that has settled in the town. It is, it is rather hard to see... Um, no. A mist? A mist, a, like a, just a fog. A cold fog has settled. Um, Quinn looks out and says, this place looks awful spooky all of a sudden. Yeah, I'm not a fan whatsoever. Yeah, yeah me neither. All right, well, um, why don't you uh, you go get some pastries, and um, I'll, I'll go return the, the cart and the, the ox. Absolutely. Quinn. I go to return. I'd go to get some pastries, some uh, pastries. You walk towards uh, the only place that's going to maybe have pastries, which is um, back to the inn, because there is no bakery here. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So as you're walking towards the inn, you see Sister Gurele is moving towards you, and you've also noticed there's nobody out on the street. Um, Sister Grayley moves towards you, and she says, Bradley, um, quick word, please. Yes, absolutely. She, uh, How are you today? Um, she says, not, not good, not good. Um, why don't, why don't you follow me? And she grabs your hand and is just kind of marching you very quickly. Uh, make me a perception check. Perception. Twelve. That's good enough. Uh, as you were... You were nearing the door to the inn. Uh, windows are open. Not not the actual window, but the shutters are open, so you can see inside. Mm-hmm. You see Elsa watch as Sister Grayley grabs your hand and walks off with you. Okay. The two of you walk back to a building you haven't been to before in town. It's, it's quite near the, the shrine to Timora. It's just a little building and as sister grayley opens the door to it you realize this is probably her home um it's it's a very quaint little hut and she kind of swings open the door and she says um after after you bradley Uh, thank you sister she uh she looks at you and she says bradley i am not going to beat around the bush i'm just going to tell you something terrible has happened umbridge hill was attacked and adabra gwen was likely killed by the dragon. Oh my god. Yes. What? Yes, Adabra is dead. Oh my god, we told that crazy bitch to come back to town! Uh, That's so close! Sister... That is so close! 
a, a quaint 15 miles from here. Yes, yes. Um, and it, it seems to have knocked down her, her stone tower, her, her windmill. The buildings here in Fandolin, Bradley, they're, they're not made of stone. Um, I, I... We need a contingency plan. Um, I mean, if worse comes to worse, we have to get people to Neverwinter. She says, well, there is uh, a place closer to Neverwinter, um, if you're willing to venture there. Uh, within a mountain 15 miles south of Fandolin, close to Umbridge Hill, stands the ancient dwarven fortress of Axholm, which has been sealed for years, Bradley. But if a dragon attack is imminent, the people of Fandolin might need to evacuate and take refuge in Axholm. To that end, someone needs to open the fortress and make it safe for habitation. If you can accomplish this, return to me and I will personally pay you 250 gold. I will do this for the people of Fandolin. She says, if you can actually open it, if you can make it habitable, it will withstand a dragon's attack. It is a fortress, I'm telling you that much. But to that end, it is a fortress. It may not be easy to get into. Right. Um, otherwise, I mean, thank you for telling me this. I, I appreciate it. Um... Have you heard anything from uh, news about Neverwinter by chance? Uh, Trilena came in today with the post. Perhaps she has something for you? Wink, wink. I guarantee she does. You hear a knock on the door of of this hut. Sister Grele opens the door and, believe it or not, this far from the Townmaster Hall, Harbin Wester is wrapped in a blanket and he looks at you and he says, oh, I just, I just heard that entire conversation. Sister, sister I, I, I can't believe, begin to believe why you would know all of this, but that doesn't matter. I, I am the town master here. You should have come to me with this information immediately. What were you thinking? And Sister Grayley kind of widens her eyes and says, I am sorry, town master. Uh, if I believed that you would be marching yourself to Axholm, then I would have come to you with this, but I know that Bradley is the one you would send. So I decided to cut out the middleman, and now you don't have to pay him for it. I can. And he says, I don't even know where, where a sister of, of, of your likes would, would get 250 gold. That, that does not matter at all. Um, you should have told me that Adabra was dead. I, I need to alert the town. I need to tell everyone. And Sister Grele grabs his hand and she says, Townmaster, do you want to cause a panic? That is not... A good idea. Do not tell everyone what's just happened. Townmaster Harbin looks to you, Bradley, and says, Bradley, what say you? I mean, do we tell the people? They have a right to know. They do have a right to know, but we cannot amass panic. Let <gasps> me see if I can clear out the fortress, and then we'll tell them. And if I cannot, then we'll have everyone evacuate to Neverwinter immediately. Hmm. All right, well, uh, do you have the papers? Did you see my brother? I did. Um, most of his loggers, well, all of his loggers, actually, were killed um, by Ankegs. I believe they were being controlled by the Talos cult. Uh, I, cult? Uh, kegs? Of, of mead? They got dropped on their heads? No, they're like giant insects. It's really weird. It's hard to explain. All right, well, let me see the papers. And as you show him, he gives you a hundred gold. Cool. He says, uh, um, Mr. Copper, I have no time for cults. 
deal with the dragon. And he waddles off towards towards. Wait, the I also well. give him, I say, wait, Hobbin. I give him the truffle. And I say, this is from your brother. He hopes you're doing well. He takes it and he says, Ooh, Tybor sent me a chocolate? Hmm. Not like him. Perhaps his appendix... Well, I asked him if, if I could send it for him. Hmm. Make me a persuasion check. Let me check what my persuasion is really quick. I know my perception really well, but not the skills that I actually chose to... Oh, no, I did choose. Okay, persuasion? Cool. 18. That is very kind of you, Mr. Copper. Thank you. And he waddles off. Sister Grayley asks you, will you be setting off for Axon tomorrow, then? Yes, I believe I must. If not sooner. All right, well, be careful. And she kind of touches your hand and says, just be careful. Thank you, sister. You walk out, Quinn comes and finds you, and he says, uh, Mr. Cropper, did we, did we get paid? We did. Here's your share. Give him um, 50 gold. Also, Umbridge Hill was attacked. Adabra Gwen is dead. Oh. We have to go clear out a fortress so the people here can have somewhere to flee to in case the dragon comes. Okay, um, make me an insight check. Insight? Insight. 16. Quinn did not give a shit when you told him that a Dabry Gwen was dead. He just says, okay. all right, um, yeah, sure, well, sounds good. Uh, I I would like to also have a place to flee, just in case the dragon decides to attack. Yes. Um, yeah, sucks, sucks for the old hag, but what can you do? What can you do? The two of you... Um, you're not going to like this, but I was thinking of enlisting the help of... That f- that French-sounding guy. What the fuck is French? What is French? What is, what is France? I am so confused. Um, you know, that guy who made me kiss his ring. Who, Dobin? Yeah, Dobin. You want to enlist the help of Dobin North? I mean, if this is a fortress, we're going to need all the hands we can get. Well, why don't we get Inverna? We can. Why not bring them both? Uh, all right, Mr. Copper. Um, that's a lot of work on your DM, a lot of voices. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's only one voice for me, so I'm I'm quite all right. No, Mr. Copper, you remember that when you're when you're DMing our next uh, arc. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, Luke, oh, Luke is going to make sure you have lots of NPCs come along every mission. <laughs> um, the two of you walk back to the inn. Quinn does not seem happy with this Dobin uh, proposal. You walk into the inn, and Elsa kind of looks at you and says, Oh, um, Mr. Copper, I thought maybe you wouldn't be returning for the night. And why would I not? Well, I saw you um, holding hands with uh, the holy woman. I don't know. Maybe you was going to go for a prayer and stay for a bit more. I I don't know. Oh, no, that was strictly professional. Hmm. Right. Make me a persuasion check. Persuasion? Fifteen. She kind of breathes a sigh of relief. Huh. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, that... Not, um, not that it pertains to me, of course, <laughs> Mr. Copper. Um, all right. Uh, you want dinner? Uh, to- Toblin's got uh, a bit of stew cooking up, if, if you'd like some. Stew would be lovely. Thank you. She walks off, and uh, Toblin waves you down and says, 
Ah, yes, Master Cop, I, I, I'm in the kitchen mainly, but uh, I, I left uh, a letter underneath your door. Uh, it, it, it was marked as urgent, so uh, I don't know if that has any sway on, on when you read it. Yes, I believe it would be urgent. I'm going to go immediately get my letter. Quinn looks at you before you start to walk, and he says, what, what's, what's urgent? What's going on? I will tell you later, but right now I must address this. Uh, roll me a persuasion check. <laughs> and that one. Fuck that, Mr. Copper. We're partners. What, you you keeping secrets from me? If, if something pertains to you, it pertains to me. It's a ghost from my past, and I must deal with it personally. I don't want to get you involved. He kind of shakes his head and he says, all right, whatever. And he uh, he actually leaves the inn. He leaves the inn? Yep, he walks out. Oh my god, what an emotional... <laughs> okay, I'm too focused on the letter right now. I'm going to go check it out. You go upstairs, you find this letter. The letter reads, Bradley, it's from your dad. I'm quite worried <laughs> about you, son. You never replied to my last letter, and your mother is your mother is scared you might have perished out there on the open road. This white dragon in the area seems to be very active. Avoid that at all costs. Please, son. I know what, in quotes, adventurers think like. Please don't think you can fight a dragon. You can not. Your brother Sly bit off more than he could chew recently. Sly has been arrested for drug charges, Bradley. Of course he has. That stupid bastard. It isn't looking good. I, I'm getting him the best attorney money can buy. He thinks a guild called the Rock Warm Bandits are behind it. I think that was their name, at least. Uh, if we can get him acquitted... If we can't get him acquitted, he will spend years upon years in prison. Sly is a sensitive boy. Not like you, Bradley. He won't do well incarcerated. Please just write back to us, Bradley. We need to know you are all right. Your mother says she loves you very much. I hope you know I do too, son. Please write back, Bradley. Please let me know you are all right. Love, Dad. I'm going to pull out the letter that um, Sly sent me, and I'm going to find, the, and I want to see the name of the bandits, he, or the, the gang he was talking about joining up with. They're not the Rock Warm Bandits. They're the Stone Cold Reavers. And Tybor was saying that Lairbule's mercenary guild had something to do with the cold. Stone cold. Steve Austin! Papa! Uh, just kidding. <laughs> I almost did the John Cena music for all you I WWE know, I, I fans. Uh, sorry, I don't know. I don't know Stone Cold's music. I'm not a WWE fan, so that's yeah. That's what you know. And your brother's in prison. My brother's in prison. My best friend has glaucoma, and my other best friend had his legs broken. His back broken. He's paralyzed. His back, yes, his back broken. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. he's not going to ever walk again. It's as I feared. Lebul has come out, and now he's trying to exact revenge on us. Well? <sighs> Don't know what the fuck I'm going to do <laughs> about that. What do you feel in this moment? Knowing what I like, piecing everything together. As I have right now, wink, wink, 
and not any previously. <laughs> wink, wink. I am filled with anger, but grief? Sorrow, maybe? I feel guilty and responsible, and I just, I don't know what to do. I'm really stressed right now. I, you know, someone who I tried to get to come is dead. And another person who I tried to get to come had their arm bitten off. And I have to fight a fucking dragon? And there's also someone trying to ruin my life? What the fuck is that? As you're feeling your feelings, you hear a little rap on the door, a little... You turn, and Elsa has brought you your dinner and as you turn she kind of looks shocked and she says oh boy mr copper you you crying yes sorry i got allergies you know she sets down your <sighs> food and she walks towards you and says you can talk to me mr copper if if you want I know it ain't allergies. Look outside. There's not a bit of pollen. It's it's all snow. Yes. Uh, I'm just under a lot of pressure at the moment, and I'm I'm not quite certain what to do. <laughs> Truth be told to you. She uh, just instinctively wraps her arms around you, pulls you in for a hug. She says, Sometimes a group of college kids will come into the inn, It'll be like a 12-top. And they'll, they'll order so much food. And all my other patrons will be so annoyed that I keep having to go back to this 12-top who's hollering at me and getting drunker and drunker. And then they they tip like fucking arseholes. And I get it. Pressure can really suck and she you look and she's crying too i kind of brush a tear off of her face and i say elsa you get me and i lean in and i kiss her oh shit she pulls away her eyes kind of go wide she's a little red in the face she walks to the door she closes it turns back towards you and says mr copper um you mind if I stay in here a little while? I was going to ask you the same thing. And Bradley gets a little dessert before dinner. Uh, that night, uh, Bradley, you experienced something for the first time. And maybe the second and third time. Okay. When you wake up... What a great way to relieve some steam. When you wake up, Elsa is gone. Uh, she's, she stayed the night with you, but she woke up earlier than you did. You walk downstairs for breakfast. She's cleaning some tables as you walk down she looks at you and she's just grinning from ear to ear good morning elsa you look lovely <laughs> oh oh i missed cup thanks uh and she she kind of wipes some like egg juice off of her face um from clean you missed a little bit <laughs> uh you sit down for breakfast quinn comes and joins you and he says uh how's it going mr copper I'm doing well, Quinn. How are you? Yeah, I know. Pretty good. Um, you ready to go clear a fortress or whatever? I do. I, I am, but I... I have to talk to you about something first. Yeah, sure. Whatever. What is it? 
He's kind of rubbing his head. But how late were you out last night? Oh, how late was it? Well, I... What's it, about 8 a.m.? Yes. Yeah, I walked in about 15 minutes ago. Did you not sleep at all? Mm, no, not a bit. Why? Oh, just couldn't. I don't know. A lot on my mind, I guess. That's understandable. Hey, I uh, I asked you... I asked Dobin for us to come with us. Um, he said he had to go scout out the dragon's movements, and he was going to report back to Harbin, so uh, he can't come with us. <coughs> but Inverna's uh, saddling up her horse, I think. Okay. Um. Well, if you're ready, perhaps our talk can wait. Let's go. He nods at that. He's very clearly suspicious of you. Um, the two of you climb off your bars, uh, uh, bar stools, and uh, <laughs> you each have individual little bars you like to sit at, <laughs> and you sit on them. Uh, you climb off the bar stools, walk towards the door. Elsa walks up to you, and she gives you a kiss right on the cheek, and she says, mm, bye, bye, Mr. Copper. You can call me Bradley, Elsa. She kind of shakes for a second, kind of shakes that off and says, Bradley, what a lovely name for such a lovely man. And you walk out of the bar with Quinn. Quinn looks up at you and he says, Mr. Copper, got something to tell me? Um, Elsa and I uh, have carnal knowledge of each other. <coughs> no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Quinn says... Right, oh, Mr. Copper. Uh, <laughs> uh, what kind of reaction? Oh, nope, no. Nope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he uh, he looks at you and he says, oh, "Yeah, Mr. Copper. I mean, I, I knew what they said about bards was true." And he he says, "Yo, Sly dog." The two. <laughs> Sly is my brother. Your brother's name is Sly. Slyander. Sly Copper is your brother's name? Yes. Yes, Sly Copper. Huh. I think I'm a big fan of his. <laughs> um, the uh, the two of you walk over to the stables. Uh, Inverna has prepared Roach for the trip ahead. Um, did you did you want to write back to your dad? Yeah. I I yeah no I I definitely uh fuck. I guess I couldn't couldn't have done that before the Elsa thing. Um, I want to have written back to my dad just saying, hey, don't worry about me. Worry about Sly right now. Um, he's definitely in more trouble than I am. And then I also want to mail my book to Artribius. Okay, perfect. You, uh, you send those th two things out before you head out of town. As you approach Inverna, she says, um, good to see you again, boys. Uh... How the two of you doing? Quinn says, "Oh, you know, Sheriff, we're uh, we're doing just dandy with a dragon on the loose." And Inverna walks up to you and says, "Bradley, were you not planning on telling me about Adabra Gwyn?" It completely slipped my mind. Mm. I figured Harbin would. He did. Uh, I I don't know why I thought I would have heard it from you first. Uh, that doesn't matter. Listen, we need to go clear this place. Uh, Axholm. Oh, absolutely. I've heard of it, uh, Dwarven Fortress. Said to be haunted, but I ain't the suspicious type, and those stone walls, a lot better than the, the wooden walls we got here, so... 
Oh, absolutely. You know, if it makes you feel any better, you were the first person to come to mind for me when I thought, hmm, I should get people to help me clear out this uh, fortress. She kind of smirks and says, Bradley, I don't know if that's a compliment to my ferocity or your intelligence. And uh, she hops on her horse and says, let's get on out, boys. And uh, the two... Yeah! The, the two horses... <laughs> that was good. Uh, the, the two horses, th- three riders, uh, set off into the snow. As you're riding, wind is whipping your face. Snow is, is, is covering your, your luscious hair. Uh, but you ride on through the cold towards Axholm. This is similar to how you get to Adabragwen and Umbridge Hill. You actually uh, are passing the the windmill. Um, it's knocked over. It's it's pretty much knocked over. Uh, and Verna calls out and Ian says, "Bradley, we can pay our respects on the way back, but the sooner we get this done, the better." And she just yes. keeps on riding. Um, Quinn kind of whispers to you and he says, "Does she give you orders, Mister Copper?" I don't think so. Hmm. I think we're just working with the law on this. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. He says, um, not used to working with the law, but Inverna can hold her own in a fight, so I'm glad. I mean, me either, you know, ACAB, but. (laughs) He says, I don't speak dwarvish, so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Thrust out from the base of a dark gray mountain that you've been riding towards is the entrance to the dwarven fortress Axholm. A dark 15-foot-wide passageway flanked by 40-foot-high bulwarks of smooth, seamless stone. An iron portcullis covered with rust blocks the entrance. On either side of you, the mountain kind of rises. It's almost as if you're in this this hallway of mountain. Uh, but you can't okay. get past this portcullis from what you see. Arrow slits carved into the bulwarks are dark revealing no hint of occupation inside the mountain. It's about 11 a.m. I'm just going to... Is the door up ahead? Uh, the door is past this iron gate, but the gate is, is coming out of the roof, Okay. slammed down shut. Uh, Quinn walks over to it and says, Oh, let's just stand back, everybody. I've got this. And he puts... While he's doing that, I want to do... Can I do... Per- Perception or investigation to see if there's any other way uh, through this gate. Make me investigation. Investigation? Yep. Cool. That's going to be a dirty 20. Quinn lifts with all his might. Oh, shite. I'm not going to be able to open this. Sorry, guys. Oh, well, we tried. And he starts walking back towards the horse. 20 investigation. You looking at these arrow slits... In the side, if you were to stand on Inverna's shoulders and Quinn was to stand on yours, he could probably wiggle his little ass through there. Inverna, Quinn. Um, Quinn, I think you should get into that uh, arrow slit right there. He looks up. Oh, mighty high. Going to be tough. Somebody's going to have to throw me, I guess. Inverna... Well, here's an idea. What if Inverna and I... Or in Inverna or I stand on the other shoulders, and then you climb on top of us. 
Inverna looks at her own arms and shoulders and back at yours, and she says, Bradley, I'd, I'd likely need to hold you up. Um, think I could maybe bench press you. And she is, I mean, she's, I'm, she's pretty built. I mean, I'm not, I'm very comfortable with my uh, masculinity. I don't take offense to that. I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just letting you know. No, no, no. I understand. I understand. I'm just saying there are a lot of men who would be like, mm, no, I need to do this. I need to be the bottom. Uh, I don't mind. <laughs> Quinn says, that's the first time I've heard of hyper-masculine men wanting to be the bottom. Um, <laughs> uh, Inverna saddles up over to the to the wall. She gives you a boost. Go ahead and make me a acrobatics check. An acrobatics check. Acrobatics? An acrobatics and what? An acrobatics check, yeah. Okay. Ten. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, you okay, do not good. make a fool of yourself. You stand up on her shoulders, and she holds you without problem. Quinn kind of scampers up both of you, and you don't need to make a strength check the way she did because he's less than 50 pounds. Uh, he squeezes himself into this arrow slit, and he says, I'll be back soon. The two of you are waiting there for a bit. Uh, I hope he comes back soon. Inverna says, yeah, and I do now realize the flaw in this plan is we just let that little man go in all by himself. Um, you two are pretty Inverna. close, though, huh? Y yes, I I'd say so. He's probably one of my better friends. Well, that's just sweet. W you got a question for me, Bradley? Not so much a question, more of a statement. I believe the cult of Talos attacked the loggers' camp. Her brow kind of furrows, and she says, All right, w one thing at a time. Bradley, um, if we take care of this dragon, Fandolin is going to be just fine. All right? I don't know what your plan is after the dragon's dead. I don't know what Quinn's plan is, but I'm going to go hunt for that fucking cult. Um, I'll, I'll resign my sheriff position after the dragon's dead. I don't really like working for Harbin anyway. He gets an attitude about everything, but... He does, doesn't he? That cult has to be stopped, and... No, I agree. I mean... What they did was terrifying, to say the least. And if they happen to do that on a nationwide scale... I can't imagine. You hear a telepathic message from Quinn, since you both have sending stones that you've never used. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Quinn says, um, there is uh, a door leading back out. He's on the opposite side of the door that you can see through this gate. He says, mm -hmm. I, I can't lift. I can't lift the bars for it. Um, I'm going to have to try and squeeze out another arrow slit and raise the portcullis from the other side. You see there is a crank, a hand crank about 30 feet away from this portcullis, this gate, um, that if he could just get on the other side, if he could crank it, but then you're still going to have to deal with the door because uh, he says he can't okay. open it. So he relays that. You relay it to Inverna. He comes wriggling back out. He falls gracefully, not taking any damage, walks over, cranks the thing, and every crank lifts it about five feet. Um, so he just lifts it 10 feet. It's still got 20 feet down. But it's, it's, it's high enough for the two of you to walk under. Okay. He says, um, 
Doors barred shut, and it it's it's like it's been welded shut. Um, some smith really put in some work to keep that door shut. So, luckily, it's not too thick. Um, we could try and bust it down, uh, but it's gonna be loud. I mean, if this fortress is abandoned, then what do we have to worry about? Inverna says, "Works for me." She has a longsword, but she pulls out a hatchet, and she starts just hatcheting into this door. It's so like cling, cling, cling. I mean, it's it's not like it's it's wood. So she's like, oh, it's like, okay. thuk, thuk, and she's. I assumed it was a an iron door. I don't know why. No, it's a uh, it's a wooden door, and Quinn just starts when she's breaking, like kind of crack making cracks. She goes to another side. Quinn starts peeling back boards. Do you join in on this? Yeah. It takes my mace. Uh, you cracking with your mace, her cracking with her hatchet, and him peeling at these boards takes you about 15 minutes of of hard work, but you have created enough of a hole in this door that you can now shimmy your way in. You walk through this door, and it is very clearly a very defensible place. If the door was rebuilt... Yeah. Drop the bar, portcullis. It's inside a mountain. A dragon is going to yeah. have a tough time getting in here. Inverna kind of looks around. I mean, theoretically, a dragon would have a tough time getting in there, but... Theoretically. Uh, Inverna, Inverna kind of whistles, <whistles> and you hear the whistle echo through the cave. She says, I mean, hell, this was a good idea. Uh, looks to me like the place is abandoned. Maybe the stories of it being haunted weren't true. As she says that, you hear a loud crashing sound as some doors off about 50 feet to your left and simultaneously some doors off about 50 feet to your right crash open. These jet black rotting bodies stumble through the doors just kind of and on either side of you three ghouls for a total of six are moving into this room Quinn kind of looks at you and says guess it wasn't completely abandoned huh I guess not let's be rid of them Bradley Roll initiative. 21. 21. Oh. Inverna rolled like shit. Quinn rolled a lot better. Top. What the ghoulies do? Uh, ghoulies right in the middle. It'll be you, Quinn, ghouls, Inverna. Bradley, you're at the top of the order. Quinn's right after you. And you are both now level 5 since that last quest. So what does level five let you do? Ooh. D8s for bardic inspiration. Yeah, and I also get the font of something that lets me regain all of my... Bardic inspiration. Uh, bardic inspiration. Short rest. Whenever I... Short or long rest. Yeah. Instead of just a long rest. Yeah. Got Fuck yeah. I have 40 HP now. Nice. You have more than... Yeah, I'm very excited about that. You have more than Quinn. Ha <laughs> ha! The... Bastard. The bastard. 
Bradley, you're at the top of the order. Three ghouls, 50 feet off to your left. Three ghouls, 50 feet off to your right. They are all moving towards you. Actually, not 50 feet. Right at 30 feet. Right at 30? Yep. Okay. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Also, for the DMs listening, obviously, when you read Dragon Vice Fire Peak, you'll see that this was just normally one of three quests put on the job board, but I am railroading Thorin a little bit to uh, make things work in a certain order. I'm going to cast Fear and target three of the uh, and target one side of the ghouls and they all have to make wisdom saving throws. Okay, okay. Unless they're immune to being frightened. Condition immunities charmed, exhausted, poisoned, not frightened. Hell yeah. All right, they need to make wisdom saves. Yep. All right. That's a 2, that's a 6, and that's an 18. Um the first two fail. And are now frightened of, or are fearful of me. So they're just gonna on their turn run. Exactly. Are those guys on the left or the right? I'm gonna say the right. Okay, I'm gonna say Quinn's on your right and Verna's on your left. Okay, then they're the guys on the right. All right. That's your action. You got any bonus actions? Bonus actions. I'm gonna say. I'm going to use a uh, bardic inspiration. I'm gonna say Quinn. Aim for the heads. Undead. Don't like that being hit. <laughs> and give him bardic inspiration. Okay. He says, um, right on, Mr. Copper, but not taking chances with the first one. And he pulls out his clockwork amulet. Doesn't need to roll. Auto hits. This last one remaining on the right deals five points of damage to it. But now that Quinn's fifth level, I think... He gets two attacks, but he might, mm. but because he's a sidekick, he actually might not yet. He does not. So he still only makes one attack, so that's it. He shoots Damn. one, uh, injures it, it's still shambling towards him. It's Inverna's. So those ghouls that ran away, are we going to have to face them later, or are they just out of existence now? Oh, no, you'll face them later for sure. Ah, okay, cool. Inverna pulls out. No, it's not Inverna's turn. Inverna rolled like dog shit. She rolled an at one. These ghouls shamble up at an alarming speed. One of them tries to bite Quinn and misses. Uh, he just kind of shoves it aside. One of them comes for you and tries to claw you. Dirty 20 to hit. Fuck. I need you to make me a constitution saving throw. I hate fighting undead. Constitution save, you say? Yep. 18. Uh, you feel some sort of poison course through you that you, your muscles start to seize, but you do not suffer any of any of the effects of paralysis. Oh, good. You do take eight points of damage, though. Not so good. Inverna is attacked. She's hit with a bite. She's hit with a claws. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. From the bite, she takes six points of damage. From the claws, she takes seven. Fuck. And then she has to make a save, which she succeeds. She does not... Is Inverna going to die tonight? She does not look paralyzed either. She uh, looks at you and she says, 
Bradley, we're going to have to take these guys out quick. They do a lot of damage. And she swings her sword. Hits. And does not much damage to one. Not a lot at all. Bradley, it's your turn. One of these things is attacking you. Okay. As a bonus action, I'm going to give... I'm going to say, Inverna, brace yourself. And... Also, and give her uh, Bardic Inspiration, and I'm also going to say the same to Quinn, um, but he already has Bardic Inspiration. And then I'm going to cast Thunder Wave, and all of those... <laughs> they all need to make um, a save. Yeah, they all need to make a save. I'm going to cast uh, second level Thunder Wave. So not stronger than normal, or it is stronger than normal? No, it is stronger than normal. Okay. All right, they're all making saves... Constitution? Yeah, and they have to be Constitution, yeah. Quinn gets an 18. Okay. Uh, Inverna gets a dirty 20. Okay. One ghoul gets a 9. Okay. Another ghoul gets a 9. Ghoul gets a 12. And a ghoul gets an 11. 9, 9, 12, 11. So Quinn and Inverna will take 6 damage and stay there. The ghouls will all take 12 and get pushed back 10 feet away from me. 12 damage. The one that Inverna hit looks fucked up now. What about the one that Quinn hit? The one that Quinn hit also looks very bad. Worse, you could say. As it's pushed back from your thunder wave, Quinn rushes it and says, Thanks for the layup there, Mr. Copper. He misses? But he's going to... No, he hits. He hits. Hell yeah. He smashes this thing so hard in the face that its face just kind of crumples inwards and it dies. Oh, God. Uh, It falls to the ground. There are three other ghouls, though. One stumbles towards him as as he kind of moved up and misses him as he's too small. He ducks away. He's like a whack-a-mole. One, whack, 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 one comes for Inverna, hits her, and she takes seven points of damage, but she is not paralyzed. But Inverna's already down to 18 out of 44 HP. God damn. And then okay. Quinn, you get attacked. I mean, Bradley, you get attacked. Yeah, I'm... All right, I'm getting attacked right now. (laughs) You are missed as well, as this thing uh, is so slow, you're just going to sidestep it. Inverna strikes back, nat 20. And she decapitates the one that just attacked her. Bradley, not doing great. Um, Let's take these things out a bit quicker. That's not her voice, that's Quinn's voice. Yeah, I was going to say. Bradley, uh, getting a bit hurt here. Just let's let's just try and take these things out quicker. Back to you. Okay. I'm gonna say uh, as a bonus action, I'm gonna be like, Inverna, you're going to be all right. I promise I won't let anything bad happen. And cast uh, cure. Uh, sorry, cast healing word with those uh, those calming words of mine. So she regains ten hit points. Oh shit! And then as an action, the one that's in front of me, I'm pulling out my rapier. All right. And I'm going to try to hit it. Okay. That's going to be 15 to hit. You hit. That's going to be 
nine damage. You stab it straight through the head, and it falls down dead. Nice. Quinn goes for this last one. That is a hit. He doesn't kill it, though. As he kind of punches it in the gut, it, it reels a little bit. Inverna comes in. No. God. It's the ghoul's turn. It's the ghoul's turn. I'm all over initiative. Jesus Christ. Ghoul attacks Quinn, and Quinn takes... He's being bitten. Mm. Quinn takes eight points of damage. So he's at 25 HP. Inverna's at 28. Inverna comes in behind this thing. That would be a miss, but she's going to add Bardic Inspiration. She hits. And she stabs this thing straight through the throat, and it falls down to the ground dead. The four of you now kind of covered in, in black goo and, and nasty, old, decrepit blood. Look around. There's a door leading to your right, a door leading to the left, and a door straight down the middle. And you hear a voice call out. And it says, Who defiles my resting place? Modular is Thorin George as Bradley Copper and Luke Job as RDM. The story you heard today, as well as 99% of the characters, were created by Wizards of the Coast and can be found in the module Dragon of Ice Spire Peak. Our music today was written and performed by Max Hedman. You can find Max's music anywhere you listen to music, and you can find his website link in the description of this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at ModThePod, join our private Facebook group at the Modular Podcast Fan Club, Follow us on Instagram at The Modular Podcast. Follow us on TikTok at The Modular Podcast. And subscribe to us on YouTube at The Modular Podcast. We should have some really good content soon. Here's a quick out. Sh- here's a quick shout out to Ooh Cyber Optics Ooh, Nickelogy, and Chelsea Pelsman who follow us on TikTok. And if you want a shout out, maybe you should follow us on TikTok too. Anyway, we really appreciate you for listening. Please give us feedback. Talk to us about the show. We would love to hear from you. New episodes come out every Tuesday, and until then, thank you for listening to Modular. Modular.